Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devil Fruit Punch, the podcast where we read One Piece and then we talk about it. I'm, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from the sandy dunes of Alabasta is Patrick Ramirez. Oh, hey, everybody. Decided to take off my gladiator uniform. Feeling a lot, uh, breeze a lot better without that. And also joining me from the cab of a fire truck in Havana is Matt. Hey guys, so the package is secure and exfil is in progress. This week we are discussing chapters 700 through 713, which whenever I say this, it's increasingly insane to hear it. I cannot believe that we made it this far. (laughs) 700 Um, chapters. Unbelievable. I know. So, in these chapters, Luffy, the Straw Hat Pirates, and their new friends, um, and allies, and prisoners, <laughs> find themselves on themselves on Dressrosa. Uh, Luffy enters a tournament to win Ace's Devil Fruit and meets a gladiator named Rebecca, and also a sexy twink named Cavendish. Law attempts to make the trade with Doflamingo. Zoro gets his swords stolen by tiny creatures. The city is absolutely lousy with sentient toys. Burgess of the Blackbeard Pirates wins Block A of the tournament. We are introduced to Bartolomeo the Cannibal, who is a green-haired freak that we all love. The island is crawling with undercover marines, including a blind guy named Isho. Bellamy is back, baby! Despite being undercover, Luffy, going by the name Lucy, is revealed by a very large and very old man named Don Chinjao, who holds a three-generations-long grudge against Garp. At first, he seems determined to kill Luffy on the spot, but eventually decides to wait for their block of the tournament. Bartolomeo wins block B with his barrier-based devil fruit ability and also learns of Lucy's true identity. Meanwhile, Frankie meets with an overly serious toy soldier who begins telling of Dressrosa's dark past and admits that he too would like to see the fall of the Doflamingo crime family. Law and company head to Greenbit and discover a crashed marine vessel as well as a colony of tiny kleptomaniacs. Oh, and did I mention that Sanji decided to fuck off entirely because a woman gave him a slight bit of attention for once? Rebecca proclaims that she is going to win the tournament so her and the toy soldier can live together. That's weird. The whole thing is a setup, and Law's uh, about to be ambushed over on Greenbit. Sanji's new girlfriend is actually Doflam- a Doflamingo family member, and she handily defeats him before being won over by his naivete and chivalry. Doflamingo confronts Law on Greenbit. Luffy finally gets his chance to fight in the tournament. Isho pulls a literal meteor out of the sky, but Law and Doflamingo manage to evade. And, oh yeah, Usopp is doing Usopp-style stuff, which is to say, lying about things. And that's pretty much what happened. So, guys. Cool. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Yeah. See you next week. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, John. You literally hit everything. I think you guys, one of you, usually Patrick, makes that joke every single week. <laughs> yeah. That never gets old. It never gets old. They love it. Um, so, what did you guys think of these chapters? What do you think, Matt? I know what I think. You, I know what this is. I know what's going to fucking happen. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was good. I thought the. I mean, I say this a lot, but there's usually a lot of setup in these arcs that we've broken up. Um, this one was kind of batshit insane at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. dress Rosa characters, like, when you see the toy soldiers, like, the, the fully alive toy people, and then, like, the crazy gladiator thing. Um it's just kind of an insane arc that you just are thrown into and like you're just like okay i'm just gonna believe this i think i started to lose my believability with like the blind guy playing roulette and i was like why is this man (laughs) playing roulette i mean yeah i guess i want to take his money but yeah i'm gonna have a lot to say about that in a sec but really quick i want to ask you in terms of believability and, and excitement and craziness if you had to guess, about how many chapters do you think it would be before we go to, like, tomorrow in One Piece World? Well, since you say it like that, I'm guessing uh, it's not 714. <laughs> uh, no, it's not going to be the next chapter. Uh, I don't have the exact number, but it's going to be at least 87 more chapters. Oh because my guess what? Uh, oh, canonically like speaking, all of Dressropa, Dressrosa happens in one day. Uh, and if that sounds crazy now, wait until we actually read the rest of this motherfucker. <laughs> I saw, I saw the arc. He goes, it's like, what was it? 700 to 
It's a hundred like chapters. The whole Dressrosa arc. It's a hundred. Oh it's a hundred chapters. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um, one day. <laughs> so there was a line in that where we we see um, Fleet Admiral Sakazuki, and they're like, "Okay, I don't know what's going on. Hey, you know what? I'm sending Fujitora for you know for for the day, and and we can show up tomorrow if we need to. That that's kind of the hint that yeah, all of this is happening in one day. Oh it, my it's, god, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. But yeah. Which- which means that what we've seen so far must be like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like we're, an episode of twenty four, but it's yeah, like we're on twenty four milliseconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so, I love, I love that we're on twenty four time, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay, you you mentioned how ridiculous it is that there's this weird blind guy admiral who who's gambling, right? Because why would a blind Fujitora? Why would he yeah. do that? So I love Fujitora. Uh, he's he's a new admiral, right? We get new admirals now. And like the old admirals, he is also based on one of Oda's favorite movie actors. Unlike the other movie actor admirals, though, this is not only based on a guy, it's based on a specific character that that guy is really well known for playing, which is the blind swordsman Zadoichi. Um Zadoichi is mostly a movie series. There's a television series also. There were like 20 of them. Um, insanely popular and up until like a one-off remake in the early 2000s, they were all played by one dude named Shintaro Katsu. And uh, that is, if you've ever seen even like one of these movies, as soon as you see Fujitor, it's screamingly obvious that that's what it's meant to be. Hmm. And like Zadoichi, he is also a blind man who loves gambling. Because uh, in like every fucking movie, Zadoichi goes somewhere and he gambles and some scumbags try to rip him off because he's a blind guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually in the movie, he uses his like Daredevil-esque blind man superheroing powers to uh, own them severely. Uh, whether or not he was going to do that or not, we don't know, because Luffy just kind of shows up and is a good person to him. Like, ruins uh, his plans to like, get in a fight every day. That's like uh, his his plan. It's like kick maybe. some ass. Well, usually like what Zadoichi does is he he kind of sharks them. Like, he, he leads the, the scammers into thinking he's an easy mark, and then... It's like, okay, you know, you know what? I got to do it. I got to bet all my money now, all the rest of my money, and then I'll call it quits. And that's when he turns the tables on him. Mm, um, okay. But he'll also do it to flush out if there are any good people around, because then he knows who he can trust in whatever new village he's wandered off to. And uh, that's kind of what's happened here with him and Luffy. That is cool. I didn't know yeah, that. I'm looking yeah. at pictures, and yeah, it, it looks exactly like that guy. <laughs> How do you spell it? Sato Toshatoishi? Um, uh, Z-A-T-O-I-C-H-I. Yeah, and he has like a cane sword like that guy too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, um, yeah. The main difference I, is uh, he doesn't have the like gnarly X-shaped scars. scar on his face. That's a comic book thing. Yeah. I uh, I was going to say the whole like him being blind thing. Like mm-hmm. we know sensory hockey is a thing. So I remember like when I first saw this guy, I kind of just immediately assumed, oh, he must like use sensory hockey to see somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to say that unlike the other admirals, they mentioned that uh, Isho is the product of a draft. There was a world government draft Mm -hmm. and he was like, I guess he just, they just made him like jump straight to admiral because he must be that, that powerful. I don't know. Yeah. We don't really have much explanation at all. He appears to be some guy and uh, he's clearly from kind of like a like out in the stick somewhere with the accent that they're giving him. Uh, he's a real like, oh, I'm just a simple country admiral, but uh, mm-hmm. seems to me like. Um, and yeah, he's not a, unlike the other admirals, he's not a Logia user either. He's a Paramethia. He just has like maybe the coolest one in the whole series. Um, very much up there for me anyway. Yeah. I have they like really explained what it is yet. I think we can put it together, but Patrick, what do you think is going on with Fujitora and his power? Because we've seen two examples of it in the stretch of chapters. I have no idea. I kept thinking of like uh, the force from um, who's the rogue one? Donnie, Donnie, oh, Donnie Yen, I think. Donnie Yen, yeah. The I don't I can't remember the guy's name in Rogue One, but that guy with like the sword or the stick. I mean, because didn't I, he like um, make a like, guy heavy or something? Um. Well, so the first thing he in did in this arc. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. The, the first thing he did in, in the gambling hall is he just punches a like 50 foot like hole black in hole. the ground. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then later he um, pulls a meteor out of the sky to drop on uh, the Straw Hats. Uh, I can tell you what I remember his power to be if you want, Patrick, but I'm happy to leave it here. Uh, 
I don't want to know. I want to okay, cool. figure it out. Yeah. I, my my theory it. is that it's some kind of gravity-based thing, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's what, I mean, I don't know. It seems like that, but then, like, I feel like it has to tie in with the blind thing somehow so we can somehow, like, see without seeing, you know? I don't know. Uh, maybe, not necessarily. Like, we, we meet Violet and she has the, like, true sight ability that lets her, like, see into people's heads. Um and I, I guess she's a spy. I guess that's kind of thematically connected. But I, I do feel like we get people with powers that aren't necessarily representative of their personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, yeah, his, his blindness could could just be like an unrelated thing. From getting you sliced know? in the face. Well, he mentioned <laughs> yeah. that um, there's so much like ugliness in the world that uh, I think he uh, yeah. said he blinded himself because he didn't want to see it anymore. Yeah. He said so that they're it, like, people are not worth seeing. Or there's so many horrors in the world they're not worth seeing mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, 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 which that that would mean explicitly that it is not related, most likely to Maybe his, right, uh, yeah, his that power. makes sense. But he, but uh, I I'm glad that we're being introduced to Isho because I think he's probably my favorite uh, of the admirals. I mean, Akiji yeah. is cool and like funny, but this guy seems like an actually like cool dude at least so far. So that's why I yeah. like him. They 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 made that point of him being like. Well, no, we should focus on avoiding civilian casualties more than anything. And and his officer's like, what? Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, love yeah, that. I, They're like, wait, <laughs> what? Huh? What do you mean? <laughs> That's not as psycho as what we're used to hearing from people like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, this arc has a lot going on. We were talking about how Punk Hazard has a lot going on. But, like, you show up to Dressrosa and you're like, Okay, so we have the tiny people that steal stuff. We have the mm-hmm. sentient toys. We have the toy factory. We have the Doflamingo crime family. We have Rebecca. We have Toy Soldier. We have the tournament. We have Green Bit. Like, the Marines are there. It's just like, mm-hmm. immediately they drop you right in with just like all this random, oh, not random, but all this seemingly random shit going on. But I have well, to say that like so many of the elements I just like so much that it's awesome, man. I love reading it. Like, I mentioned Isho, but also Bartolomeo. Mm, love that guy. I love that weird dude. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the tournament real quick. Because I, first, I, I, I am a simple man. I love a good tournament arc in like an anime or a manga, and I'm really stoked that we're finally getting one here. It, it's crazy. It took so long to have a tournament arc. Yeah, for one it's piece. just classic tournament. But also, like one of the things that I find really fun about this, especially on a reread, is that like some of these people in the tournament are pretty important and some of them aren't at all yeah you have no fucking way of knowing on a first read because it just throws like 300 names at you at once yeah i was a little overwhelmed Um, i'm like okay these are just one-time characters i don't have to pay attention some of them are um some of them are but that's okay we'll 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 find out together because the ones that really matter will just happen to stick around I think that's kind of a a good policy in One Piece in general is when you get introduced to a character, don't sweat remembering them too much. Yeah. Because they're not necessarily going to be important. And if they Mm -hmm. are important, they'll probably be reintroduced in one way or another. Yeah. I, um, you you mentioned Bartolomeo, um, Bartolome the cannibal or in the Viz translation or something. The man eater. Yeah. Yeah. I love Bartolomeo, especially because we really still don't know what his deal is. Um, I remember what his deal is, but we're getting a very slow roll of like, who is this freak? And okay, his whole deal is he just pisses off the crowd and doesn't do anything. And then we find out about the barrier thing. And he, as it he's leads, such a great shit heel, like he oh, really yeah. is. Well, yeah, I mean, heel is the word, right? Like he's like a wrestling heel. He's there to just attract and absorb the negative energy from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really like that nickname Maneater because you, you see him and you hear a name like that or Cannibal and, and it, it seems very literal and fearsome. And then you find out, it, oh, no, he, it literally just means that he pisses people off and thrives on the negative attention that he gets from the crowd. Um, but, yeah, he's interested in Luffy and we don't know why. Yeah, yet. he has a really strong reaction when he hears Bellamy call Luffy by name. He's like, wait, that's Straw Hat Luffy? But we don't really get the resolution of why he reacted that way, and I am very excited for Me it. Me too. I can't wait for you to find out what his deal is, Patrick. It, it's <laughs> it's great. <laughs> nice. I also just like his like his power, the way it's mostly defensive, but he's found a way to kind of use it offensively as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys looked into it at all, but like the finger crossing thing that he does. That's kind of like in in tune with his shit heel personality. Mm-hmm. That's like a really rude way to 
tell someone no or fuck off in Japan. I didn't know that. When, when you cross your fingers, it's like, fuck you, no. <laughs> really? That's so yeah. weird. Yeah, it's like, there's there's other nicer ways to like politely say no, but that's mm-hmm. if you are not concerned with being polite at all, and you just like telling someone to fuck off, basically. Well, and, and that's <laughs> funny. Just, while we're talking about Bartholomew, I just had a thought, which is that we're getting a really fun, like, generational thing going on here, especially in the tournament, because... We've got somebody on, on one end, like Don Shin Zhao, who has this huge grudge against Garp. He's so mad at Garp that he's like, I, I'll take vengeance on Garp, and then Garp's, you know, descendant, and then Garp's descendant, descendant, the three generations. But you've also got his grandkids, but then you've also got Luffy and, like, the worst generation. Then you've got one generation before them with Cavendish <laughs> of, like, hey, I used to be hot shit, and then these upstarts came in and took all my thunder, so I want to kill them all on sight. I, and then you've got Bartolomeo, which we don't know much, but we hear he just entered the red line, like, or the, the grand line, sorry, the new world. It's been a minute since we've done this. Hmm. He just entered the new world, like, this year. So he's, like, the newest of the newcomers now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, yeah. We peeked behind the curtain. We had to postpone this record a couple weeks due to random shit, but. It's the holidays. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I read this a while ago, and so to kind of refresh myself, I was watching some of the anime to kind of like, you know, oh, nice. catch myself back up, and this is famously, we actually got an email about this, I believe, maybe from Ian, but this is really where the anime starts to go downhill. <laughs> the oh, pacing, really? The pacing the, just falls completely apart. The pacing apart. is bad, oh, a lot of the animation. in general? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, like in the the anime version of it specifically, like... The pacing in the manga is crazy because it's we've never had anything like a hundred chapters on one island before, and I think anime is generally bad at pacing compared to the manga for anything. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard it just gets really kind of grind to a halt a little bit here. Yeah, and like even the animation quality is just not mm. what what it usually is in One Piece. Oh, oh that's wow. a shame. The only thing that never declines and probably never will is the voice acting. Because mm-hmm. those, you know, they're just champs. They're they're great at oh, their yeah. jobs. Absolutely. But nice. what I was gonna say is there was a one funny part that I remember where Cavendish is explaining his background, like his grudge against Luffy, and he's like saying all this shit where he's like, yeah, and then you know, you like people started talking about the supernovas and the worst generation. They completely forgot about poor Cavendish, and it cuts to Luffy, and in the anime, he's just like picking his nose, and he just goes. Literally none of that has anything to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I um I really love the Luffy Lucy bit of him cuz like I I feel like old Luffy would not have even bothered remembering that Frankie told him to be undercover. Like like he's <laughs> yeah. he's older and wiser now so he he is trying. He's just really really bad at it. Yeah, he lasted like 40 minutes <laughs> yeah. undercover. <laughs> And even that, like, he he has so many close calls and he tries to course correct every time. Um, Talking about the very beginning of this arc? Well, like, as soon as he shows up for the tournament and and they're like, okay, registration, what's your name? He's like, uh, Lucy? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was was thinking, I totally forgot about this, but the the very beginning when he's still on the phone, on Uh the slug phone. And he's talking to um, Trafalgar (laughs) Trafalgar Law. (laughs) And he's like... Yeah, that's when I go. Yeah, Law's like trying to bait him into doing something or get, getting him to go after the prize, which he doesn't even know what mm-hmm. it is yet. But then Luffy just assumes it's like meat. He's like, I wonder what kind of meat it is. Like, which which kind of meat? And then um, the the part about like, I think Law asked him like, where have you been these last two years or something like that? And then he's like, it's a secret. I'm not supposed to tell you. But like, you could get the feeling that like, if prodded like a little bit longer, he'd be like, okay, I'll tell you. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> he, he's so dur- like, there's a phone call, I think here where he just immediately goes, hi, this is Luffy, future king of the pirates speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, this is Luffy, future king of the pirates. How may I help you? Yeah. The the so meat thing is so funny because all that Doflamingo says is like you're going to be really interested in this prize. Is it, oh the best meat really in the world? Like yeah. just launches right to that conclusion. Doesn't even question it. <laughs> Does he even have like meat eyes for a minute? Yeah, <laughs> like, in, like one of the panels. <laughs> well, it, and and then even later he's I don't remember the exact comment. It was something like oh yeah the meat prize in the tournament. And someone's like nobody ever said it was that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, but we find out what it is. It's the flame flame fruit. Yeah. The the, yeah, that's when they explain the uh, how if the devil fruit user with that 
which is a Sologia type uh, devil fruit. I guess there's only supposed to be one in the world of it. And uh, then, any type doesn't have to be Logia. Oh, any type is only one. Okay. So any type of it, then if that user dies, that fruit somehow magically reappears in the wild for the next person to use it. That's right. Uh, yeah, that, that's why we don't see a bunch of people with identical powers. Mm-hmm. The one caveat to that is that fruits can have different models. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, some, some types especially. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually exclusively. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Chopper's fruit is technically like the same family of devil fruit as like Sengoku's. Yeah, it's like human, a different model. Fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I was wondering? Like what if, um, I don't think they've ever talked about it, but like devil fruits don't appear off of a tree or anything. They just appear like fully formed somewhere. They just appear somewhere, right? We, yeah, existing fruits turn into a devil fruit. Oh, that's least, right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's as much as we know, like whether that happens with all of them or I, I don't know. But you wonder like what if you, um, what if that devil fruit has like different stages of ripeness and like mm-hmm. if you get it right after it turns into a devil fruit, like the power is somehow, maybe it's the most powerful. And then like, like if you just, no one finds it for years and years, like it just slowly rots and ferments and stuff. And then it like is turns into like a different version of that fruit. So w- while we're on the, uh, the, oh yeah, like like a devil fruit wine actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Sorry, you, you just made me think of something. So this isn't a spoiler because th- this is just speculation and I'm going to speak really generally, but. I'm I'm completely caught up with the current stuff, and one of the more interesting questions lately is pointing out, hey, don't the Straw Hats have a tangerine grove on their Ooh. island or on their boat? What if somebody were to die near the ship and one of the tangerines turned into a devil fruit for somebody to eat? Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. Um, again, that has not happened. I'm not saying I'm not spoiling anything, but it really put it in my head of, oh, that could be a fun thing to happen sometime. And it, mm-hmm. it does seem like something that Oda would plan ahead that far in advance. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It, it's like, it's and also, like, yeah, yeah, it'd be funny if it was Nami who ended up eating it too. Yeah, because I feel like Sanji and Zoro probably wouldn't eat devil fruits. Mm-hmm. Frankie, I feel like definitely wouldn't. I feel he like Nami is kind of soy the, more than anything, right? Yeah, in this one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Nami is probably like the only uh, straw hat who's kind of in the market for one. She'd make sense to me. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, well, let's get back to this damn arc. Um, do you guys want to talk about Rebecca since we're talking about the, uh, the tournament real quick? There's not a whole lot to say about her. Like, we don't really know much about her at this point other than uh, she has woman face number two. She got big old titties and she's apparently a pretty fearsome warrior. Mm-hmm. I like Rebecca a lot. I, I think it's. Look, she. Yeah. It, it, this, to me, something about Rebecca really drove home. Like, man, I already knew they're all exactly the same, like, type of hot woman, but, yep, they're they're exactly but the like, same. You think he'd, dr- he'd branch out a little bit, a little you know? Bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> and in here, it's like, you, you know, the, the phrase bikini armor gets used a lot. This is the most bikini armor since, like, Frank Rosetta shit from, like, decades ago. Dude, this is like, like, this armor is exposing underboob. It's like, literally. It's, it's not even covering the whole boob. It's <laughs> right. straight up. <laughs> Straight up metal bikini with it's, yeah, like it's the, lingerie. The like this, like if you wore this to a beach, you would get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I She's think super hot. Uh, a hot, super hot gladiator <laughs> lady is cool. I'm not immune to that. It doesn't really go out of style. Um, yeah, but like uh, we've seen her fight, right? It, that, I'm a little fuzzy on that. Did we, do we see her fight in these chapters? I don't, I think, don't so. think I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Cause, cause I remember there's a, a thing about her fighting style, but I, I didn't want to jump ahead of myself. She just um, has like exposition in this one when they're in the den or whatever, or the dressing yeah. room, whatever they call she, it. Uh, she tells Lucy about uh, the statue of Kairos and how he was oh, the greatest gladiator that. that had ever, you know, been at the Coliseum, how he was, you know, a pretty recent fighter, but nobody remembers him. Like nobody can remember ever meeting him or how the statue got there. Yeah, the only thing they know about him is what's written on the statue or yeah, engraved right. or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah, like clearly there's some kind of uh, supernatural thing going on there, but like we don't know what yet. It's yeah. really mysterious. I when I first read this arc, that was like the main thing where I was like, "What the hell is going on with this? Yeah, what's going on? There, yeah, there are like, a few things going yeah, on. Yeah. Oh, what were you going to say, Patrick? I've kind of for- I forgot. I was just rereading that part where it says like the. He was the undefeated, right? Kairos, mm-hmm. Kairos the undefeated. And yeah. He just disappeared um, for 20 years. Yeah. Who knows? Pretty uh, pretty interesting it stuff. Like, it seems like that should come back. That was it, an interesting little bit. 
Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I feel like Matt um, does know. Before we start, <laughs> <I do>. like, <laughs> before we start moving on from the the tournament and all that stuff, I, I am curious. Like, what is your guys's favorite kind of throwaway dude? Because um, I really like the the long leg guy, but I also mm-hmm. I think probably oh, yeah. my favorite is the boxing king who has like the the fucking Donkey Kong charge up punch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that apparently if he would if he was able to land it is strong enough to take out a warlord of the sea in one punch but like he has to sit there and charge it <laughs> <laughs> i'm almost ready yeah that was, was that the, was a what was the pretty cool dude's name i kind of forgot he had like it was like, like blue gilly or something right like, yeah, yeah billy think, gilly yeah. or something right yeah something like that something gilly yeah I um I love the the fighting king. Um, yeah, he's great. I, I'll, I'll go with uh, his, Dagama, his tactician, who looks exactly like Doctor Robotnik. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and his genius strategy is we're gonna team up. Yeah, yeah, just literally, just very basic team up betrayal mechanics. Um, wow, uh, so smart. I like that. Yeah, that was that was fun for me. <laughs> These clods coming up with an idea or two. Blue Gilly. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, it was kind of a cool dynamic, though, that he was more or less giving orders to the king because mm-hmm. the king was so trusting in his tactician abilities that he's just like, all right, you just point me in a direction and tell me when to punch, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Elizabello. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Elizabello I sh- the second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the second. Yeah, that's right. I, I want to <laughs> shout out uh, Hack, the Fishman Karate guy also. Oh, yeah. Cause I, With the horns? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he he's the Fishman Karate guy. He, he's kind of an older dude, but on a reread, me going like, well, I I don't remember a lot of these characters offhand, um, and and still not knowing like, is that all we really like? Is he important later? I genuinely don't recall. Um, but whether he is or he isn't, I, I thought he made a, a really neat, strong impression to show up and then immediately get owned by somebody else and get disqualified. Yeah, mm-hmm. they also. A little bit of uh, interesting world building. They also reveal that there are other kinds of Fishman martial arts because they say that he is proficient in Fishman karate, but also Fishman jiu-jitsu. Um, so I feel like that opens up some interesting opportunities for like other, you know, Fishman arts. Interesting. Did not know that. Yeah, I um just even just in Fishman stuff, hearing that he was like friends. I guess he he's just claiming he was friends with Jinbei, but uh, Jinbei is such a powerhouse that that was part of why he stood out to me as like a contender. Like, oh, he must be strong if he's uh, on that level. But he just took a fighting class with Jinbei one time. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, good friends, good friends. He is pretty powerful. Like, I think if Mm -hmm. he had been up against anyone except for Bartolomeo. Yeah, he probably would have whooped some ass. Well, and that's one of the fun things about the barrier fruit is among you know what wh- everyone has to be creative about how they use their powers to some extent. But just the basic version of that is like a defense that is so good it's just a hard counter to Anything. most things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, including the like the one punch king um, that was not able to overcome the barrier either. Mm-mm. I, <laughs> uh, without like being too spoilery. Bartolomeo has a hilarious role in the uh, movie that Matt and I watched at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So are we good to move on from the tournament and start talking about some other stuff like Sanji and, and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Uh, could could we take five real quick? My cat is freaking out and I think it's going to disrupt me. Okay. Yeah, okay. No worries. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And we're back to the podcast. Hey, so, so. I, I, I didn't have anything directly on the tournament, but I had something kind of adjacent to that, which is the Toy Soldier. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's really not a, a ton to say right now, but um, yeah, there's this little dude, little one-legged dude. Um, sorry if this is spoiling something very slight, but has he tried shooting anybody yet? Toy Soldier? I yeah. think he just was yelling at like the the other police people, like the okay, uh, the flamingo police people that were in the Coliseum. Yeah, well, I, I think yeah, there there's some people getting chased. I can't remember if they're Navy or Do Flamingo, but uh, he calls out that the law states that uh, the well, the law cannot arrest anybody on Coliseum grounds. It's like a safe zone. But yeah, it's like foot in the Coliseum or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, and the door. 
and we find out that uh, he is also opposed to the Doflamingo family. And uh, it's kind of hard to tell what use or help a little wooden one-legged toy soldier dude would be. But uh, yeah, there's something about him. We know he's got something going on with Rebecca. They look weirdly and sadly at each other with no explanation. Um, but he buddies up the Frankie. And I know Frankie is in fine form. He is calmly figuring everything out while everybody else is freaking out and getting kidnapped or getting into trouble or hijinks. Yeah, actually, that's a great point. Frankie is kind of falling into the Robin role right now where he's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, OK, I'm, I guess I'm going to be the one who's actually figuring shit out. Cool. <laughs> he's actually being the dad of the group right now. <laughs> yeah, I love Frankie, dude. I, man, Frankie's so sick. I love Frankie. He rules. I remember people complaining that Frankie doesn't have a lot to do. Um, and I guess from like a combat perspective, that can be true. But for me, it's like, you know what? This isn't showy or anything, but he is really keeping the crew together right now. He is. He, he, he is just has a lot of heart, too. He uh-huh. always has like a really insightful kind of like wise thing to say. Or he has a, you know, perverted kind of quip. One of the two. But that's but still something. <laughs> unlike somebody, say, like Sanji, who like can't help some of those tendencies, like Frankie is very capable of, like we said before, he's kind of like a, like a harmless pervert. Like he's never actually aggressive or, or untoward to anybody specifically. He's just like, yeah, I just want to wear like a Speedo or whatever and have my nipples out. And Yeah, he's kind of like an asexual pervert. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I just want to present myself the way I want to present myself. But like, like when he needs to get serious, like now, he can do that. He's actually quite good at it. I'm sure the dress helps. I kind of, I forgot that they had the dress up because of they oh, were yeah. in Dressrosa. And mm-hmm. like the, uh, Frankie has this like skin tight, like blacks uh, jacket on. Uh, they're wearing like all... Oh yeah, I forgot. All the men are wearing like drip black. Uh, what is that called? Like dinner jacket shit. Black blazer. Oh yeah, slacks. Right. Yeah. And then like on that little flyer they were reading, it said like the women. Women wear nothing. (laughs) Women wear absolutely nothing or something like that. Yeah, Kanemon was being a pervert and um, just doing the perv gag. But yeah, then they they just give everybody like the suits. Um, it is a fun power to be able to just like cast disguise person on anybody with clothes. Right. Yeah, that is a, yeah, that's like probably the most specific devil fruit power we've seen. <laughs> it's it's very useful in very specific situations. I don't even remember if it's a devil fruit power or not. I, I don't remember, <laughs> to be honest. This is um, like a little bit off the topic, but I just remembered, or I was just thinking about like, how do they know what each devil fruit is? There must be a catalog of every possible devil fruit. Mm-hmm. Sanji actually talks about that on uh, Thriller Bark. Yeah, there is. He, he talks There's about an encyclopedia. how he... Yeah, he talks about how he read it as a child because he wanted to have Absalom's fruit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that reminds me, actually, um, that this is something that I didn't put together for myself um, until somebody brought it up in the, the SBS. But we see this thing about how, like, the newspaper has all these scoops. And someone's like, it's always this, this like, this Absa fellow. How do they have all the scoops? And then some kid wrote in to say, hey, is that Absalom? being invisible and just sneaking into like throne rooms and such. And I was like, yes, uh, uh, that's exactly what that is. Great job. Anyway, that's how everybody in the world knows what's going on from these newspaper uh, scoops. I love that Oda won't hesitate to just be like, yep, you got me. <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah. he, he does play a little bit uh, cheeky, but he def- there are definitely situations where he's, he'll just be like, yeah, good job. You figured it out. Eventually, we're going to run into that thing where it's like, hey, isn't this a lot like this children's story where, like, these people sided, like, with the, you know, the good people and then the demons? Don't they correspond with these admirals? And he's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to point that out when we get to it. But, um, all right. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about the Sanji stuff real quick because, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I feel like this was, um, I mean, it, it at least is a little bit, more to to sink your teeth into when it comes to Sanji. Is that is that fair to say? Like mm-hmm. it, it it moves a little bit beyond the one dimensional character of Sanji into like, oh yeah, like there's consequences for being a Sanji, you know? <laughs> I um I th- this could completely fucking blow up in my face, me saying this, because I don't actually remember this arc that well. I remember the broad strokes, but 
I'm going to say it, it kind of feels like Oda is beginning to clock that like we, we got a real Sanji in a little bit. It's gotten a little out of hand. Um, cause I think with, with him and Violet, what I like about this is that like Sanji's finally found a place where like some of the local ladies like don't necessarily match his energy, but are close enough to it that it doesn't feel really creepily and intensely one-sidedly intense from him. Um, cause yeah, he's at a place now where like a lot of, a lot of these gorgeous women are very romantic, very passionate and very willing to express their, their anger in, in kind of murderous and violent ways, which is, you know, I think there's a lot that could be said about how that's not a really awesome representation of, of Mediterranean women in general. But uh, I think within the context of the story, it, it's like, I don't know, Sanji, Sanji is intense, but like intense in a way that I, I think is compatible with Violet. It's, is it Violet or Viola? Like, I'm having trouble remembering. Um, I, think I think it's Violet. I think it's Violet. The, yeah. the fairy thing. No, um, no the, the, the the dark haired woman that uh, she tells him I, oh, there's a man I need him to and kill. Kisses him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 at first, like we find out that no, she's like manipulating him, and then he says, "Well, I, it, I, I can see like through so to your actual heart, and and I think that you're not actually as committed to Doflamingo as you claim you are." And it turns out he's right. Um, and anyway, I don't know. It, 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 either she's continuing to manipulate him even further in like a long con, but it, it, she gives up what's going on with the newspaper and all that. So I, I don't know. This is the first well, time where, I, yeah, oh, sorry, go. I'm going well, nuts, but I was just going to say I think it's pretty much confirmed that she is being more or less blackmailed because she puts her finger goggles on his face and allows yeah. him to see into her heart. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unless. She has some ability to like manipulate that or something, which we have no reason to believe. Yeah. I think we can probably just take it at face value that, yeah, like Sanji was right about that. I think so. It, it, yeah, I don't, she is the first time in the story that I can remember offhand going like, oh, this is somebody I could actually see Sanji like actually getting into a relationship with and having it maybe end in a disaster. But like, it, it, it just makes sense in a way that that's never happened for me before in the, in the plot. Yeah, yeah, and I think, um, like, her reaction to him, I feel, is kind of realistic, too, because, I mean, right right away, it's like, he's so easily manipulated by her, Mm -hmm. and, like, so naive, Mm -hmm. and it it seems like it kind of moves her a little bit, right, where she's like, oh, man, like, I... This is like taking candy from a baby, like, I kind of feel bad, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's the first person I got. But that's just classic Sanji in the beginning. Yeah. When he meets her, and then she's just the one that acts reacts differently. It's not that Sanji is that different at the beginning, right? Well, the, yeah, the way no. I, the way I take it is like he he is very naive and easily manipulated because she's a hot lady, and then she like, ha ha, I actually tricked you, and he's like, yeah, but I want to be easily manipulated and fooled by like hot women. Like I I understand that I'm like this, and it's deliberate. I choose to be like this. I want to be like this. So this is not actually a gotcha in any way for me. Um, and I, I, th- I think that kind of disarms her a little bit because he doesn't act this whole flustered, like, how could you, how, how dare you? He's like, well, yeah, you're, you're better than I am to me in a way that is not healthily expressed or manifested <laughs> all that. It's true, but I don't know. She, he kind of, um, he reversed it on her in a way, I, I think without necessarily meaning to, but like, like I said, Petra, that's just kind of his whole deal. Yeah. It's like that facade that she kind of takes that face value at the beginning mm-hmm. and then only it's it's only when she puts the uh, ridiculous glare glare mm-hmm. hand goggles to her face that she sees that he he actually is sincere it's just below the surface <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you wouldn't you wouldn't get that in your initial reactions with sanjay any woman would no woman on this entire planet would get that from him in the first you know moments of the reaction and then he's kind of it's almost like she only gets that reaction or she only gets that insight into him because she kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Cause otherwise he'd just be stupid Sanji eyes the whole time, you know, and just kind of be brain dead, you know, almost if he's well, around her. I, I think that, I think they're trying to pivot back a bit towards the idea being that Sanji is like chivalrous. Yeah. Definitely which, from this arc. That's the first time I think we get that feeling. Yeah. And like, again, like, the idea of chivalry has a lot of like very valid criticisms that could be made of it. But I, I think that it, 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 he's trying to pivot away from the ha ha cartoon pervert shit. Right. A little bit. Um, and, and personally, I much prefer this version of Sanji. Um, 
Yeah, because it's it's still arguably a flaw, but it's a more mm-hmm. relatable flaw. <laughs> like he means well. Yeah. yeah, it's coming from a well-intentioned place more recognizably than I wish I could turn invisible to go into the ladies' baths uh, or, you know, spring the blood out of his nose every time he sees a mermaid and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, too, because this is kind of like a very serendipitous pairing because Violet is uniquely capable of seeing into Sanji's soul and realizing like, oh, you mean like, you know, you you mean well. I mean, I know that doesn't really make it better, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Also, I wanted to point out, I love that Violet has the, like her power is, is like seeing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Oda was just like, yeah. And also she can shoot whales out of her eyes. Tear whales. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's eye related, right? Yeah, that's so first, funny. Before you read that it's tear whales, like the the square or the panel that it's in, I was like, oh no, she's she's like popped her eyes out because it just says droop, and the two O's are her eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like, okay, this took a turn. Like it was like, I mean, because literally the page before is like Sanji pouring his heart out about he'll he'll never doubt a woman's tears, and then she's like, what about these tears? And then I'm just like these fucking whale, you know. They look like the those uh what are those things from Mario World the uh those red plant things with the teeth they oh, look kind of uh, like piranha plants piranha plants yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you're right yeah it's a good way of it does it. make me wonder because we've like briefly in the past touched on like awakened devil fruits so mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if like <laughs> if that's oh, her right. her devil fruit awakening ability is the the tear whales <laughs> oh yeah that's a good question um it, it would be funny if like. It, as so far we've seen that like awakening a devil fruit is a fairly rare thing and that she somehow yeah. did it and it's that <laughs> <laughs> how freaked out would you be if that happened <laughs> i mean going back to one piece being body horror i mean that would be horrible to gaze to look upon <laughs> well and, and that just makes me th- to me like the gold standard of like a um a devil fruit power that seems goofy at first but is actually pretty you know, has cool applications is the giraffe fruit. Um, yeah. That I think was like introduced as a, as a gag, but then he's like, okay, well, how does this actually good fighter actually use it? And, um, starts slamming his neck around. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, it has some cool moves. And, and I was wondering like, what would an awakened giraffe fruit look like? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't even, and it just turns into a, like a brontosaurus or something, <laughs> like, a, like a giraffe hydra or something. Like, oh my god, multiple know. necks! That would be cool. Oh, wow. Purely spitballing. I have no idea, but yeah, it'd be fun, right? <laughs> you can do giraffe um, necks gatling. <laughs> oh, speaking of Kaku, we uh, find out there's another cipher pole in the mix. Uh, CP zero, oh, yeah. CP zero, Aegis zero. Yeah. yeah, not not a lot to say about him, I think, yet. But they they did do a little media manipulation. Yeah, very um, CIA coded for sure. I mean, that's kind of always been like the cipher pole thing, but mm-hmm. even even more so now. Like, the, yeah, they're literally doing like psyops shit. <laughs> well, and there was there was an interesting little moment with Law, and, and I'm just going to try to reproduce it from memory and not say anything about it. But him thinking because basically what happened is you know he got Don Quixote do Flamingo to abdicate from the warlords in the the kingdom in the newspaper, but then the next newspaper said, uh, "Oh, by the way, we're retracting that. Our bad." And uh, Law says, how could he do that? Like, a, a warlord couldn't get that done. Only, a, like, a celestial dragon could, could get that done. Yeah. And then there's a flashback of him being taunted um, with the comment about how you don't know what Doflamingo's past is, and that's going to be what undoes you. So, no follow-up on that, but interesting. Yeah, I actually don't remember the answer to this, but I started thinking, like, maybe Doflamingo is, like, the child of a celestial dragon or something. Mm. That was kind of, like, what's what interesting. My, yeah, what I was could thinking. Be. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that. The children, I just, you know, I think we've only seen them a couple times, but the children of celestial dragons are just like snot nosed brat assholes. Mm-hmm. So, but to think that one of them grew up and is now a warlord or some, somewhere really, really high up. The, the I mean, fact they, came, that they came from the top. So it's like just interesting mm-hmm. to think about. Yeah. The, the, the fact that he's like a pirate and like a criminal pin, kingpin would, would be very different from any of the <laughs> celestial dragons we've met so far. But. Who knows? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we didn't even know they existed uh, until not that long ago, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I guess since we're kind of talking about Doflamingo anyway, Patrick, hmm. what the fuck is this guy's power? We keep getting little hints. I, I don't know, man. 
have you okay did you look carefully at the scene <laughs> the sequence where he where he's got the head of a uh, where where the uh the meteor comes down on okay. him and law okay so what specifically am i supposed to be looking at so when he's blocking against the meteor there's just a visual thing going on i, I think is what john is getting at that's that, in 13 right let me look at it hold on doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense on its own uh yeah, this is like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's holding up like a, a fishing net or something. Yeah, right? he has like a fishing net in front of his face. Mm-hmm. And then it shows the meteor is like cut into a bunch of like square shaped chunks. Yeah, we, we just see that Law, all, Fujitora, you, and they're all very coolly okay. <laughs> but nobody knows how or why. All, okay, it's literally a tiny square in the panel of the page <laughs> it just shows a fishnet around uh around uh doflamingo uh-huh and that's l- and then it shows like meteor being crunched but i didn't even know if it's like him that did that i thought maybe someone else had did it and like saved him or something i don't, we don't know. know we we will find out what his if his power's power a net is. i'm gonna be a little disappointed if it's just a uh like a laser beam net i'm gonna be a little disappointed <laughs> We'll find out whatever it is by the end of this arc. I can at least promise you that. Before we're done with Dressrosa, we will get an answer. I did not even remember this that <laughs> happened because it's just two squares of like, I know the meteor like fell and like didn't hurt them and they're on these little like, I remember the island pillars that they're on. Oda loves just sprinkling things in that if you stop and look at them, they don't really make any sense at the time. Um, and I think usually when somebody sees something that doesn't make sense and like really forward moving action packed thing like this you kind of just tend to slide off of it and move on um but if you ever <laughs> reread like, it or, huh and then it oh, just yeah. keeps going oh, okay sure that happened i guess whatever the hell that means moving on but uh yeah sometimes they come back to it. sometimes you, you think of it later i i just want to make that an ongoing thing because you have all the clues you need <laughs> mr Police john Man. okay <laughs> i wish we could go back in time when john read this for the first time he'd be like huh and didn't even say anything and then like well, i i have, I have chapters chapters this later. On, the sh- on the show before but i was not smart enough to figure this out at this point my smart friends told me hey did you notice that panel and i think this might be what it is and then that ended up being correct and i was like wow you guys are so cool and smart hell yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i just wanted to check in on that oh because i forgot like the Wait, did the, the uh, I who did the the stealing the heart out of the people? That was Law, right? That That's wasn't yeah. Doflamingo. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Doflamingo did did a uh, flapping through the air. He cut he a controlled dude, um, dude's legs off. Controlled yep. Bellamy. Yeah. Oh, he did like the remote. Yeah, remote drive for soldiers and all that. Right, whatever that's called. Like remote control people. Didn't yeah, he do that? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> So how the hell does that relate with this laser fishnet? We, we, we have a, a person who can see into people's hearts and also create like monster tears. Sometimes the connection oh, isn't. You're right. That was just the, in the previous you know. chapter. I got two completely ridiculous, unrelated. Yeah, the same. So I, I, need, yeah. I need to keep an open. I need to keep my mind yeah. more open. Is what you're saying? It, it's all like <laughs> magic at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it's all magic. <laughs> It's not like like oh, X Men where it's like no, you see he has iron in his blood that he, it's like well sometimes no he just gets a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. The um, whole uh, the whole showdown though, like with Doflamingo and Law and uh, Isho, is was super intense. Like oh yeah, oh, especially yeah. because to Law and Doflamingo, Isho is kind of like an unknown factor. Where mm-hmm. I think the only information they really had either of them was Doflamingo is like. Hey, I think that's one of the guys that the Marines drafted, but like, I'm not really sure what his deal is. And then he just fucking whips out a meteor and you're all, you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's, this is serious business. And even, mm-hmm. even Doflamingo and, and uh, Law are like, holy shit, we barely like were able to evade that. That was so scary. <laughs> Fujitor is so sick because he's a total X factor. Nobody knows what his deal is or what to make of him. But unlike the other admirals that you could say that of not even the Navy knows what to deal like to do with them. Like his underlings don't really seem to get what his deal is. Like even as a warlord, Doflamingo doesn't really get what his deal is. He, he just shows up and he, he at one point is even like, yeah, well if you know, laws collaborating with straw hat, then I have to arrest him. But if you just do this extremely obvious and easy lie, then you're fine. Um, oh yeah. I like that. He was like, if you just say that straw hat is your subordinate, yeah, then, th- then this is fine. And, and even, Oh, Law's sorry, like, 
Yeah, well, I was like, nah, we're partners. Which- when, and even before that, uh, one of my favorite scenes of Fujitora is when uh, Luffy helps him out with the gambling den and says, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm Straw Hat Luffy. What's your name? And he just says, I have a feeling it'd be better for both of us if I don't say that. Anyway, oh, thanks. About that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Fuji- Fujitora is a, a very great addition, like along with, you know, Bartolomeo and, and all them too. He's so sick. I, I know we're running low on time, but can we talk about the fairies really quick? The Tontadas? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the last thing to get to is yeah. the Tontada and Usopp and Robin and everything mm-hmm. going on with them. Oh my god, yeah. So fairies but, are real. Uh, they're real perverts <laughs> is what they are. Oh What's my god. the thing they say when they have Robin and uh, she's like sewn to the ground. Yeah, and it's the like fairies are like, Yeah, the fairies are like, uh, you know... Region A, Region A inspected, nothing to report. Like they've like they like broke her body up into regions to like, search. <laughs> like yeah, they're looking for weapons. Or yeah, they're like I, uh, I really need to see what's under her underwear or something like that. And I was like, oh god, here we well, go. One of them like pops out of her like her shirt. Like yeah, was cle- he was checking her cleavage. So yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like yeah, seems to be hiding nothing here. I mean, to be fair, you could hide a lot of shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I, yeah. So, like, this is obviously a sex gag, but I will say for the Tantadas, I don't think they were being horny about it. I, I think they're just innocent little people. They're fairies. They they seemed like they were very sincerely checking her, this giant woman, <laughs> compared a, to them for weapons. I'm but, suspicious uh, of what's under her clothes. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I really enjoy the, the contrast between Robin calmly being like, mm, I guess I'm in trouble, but I'll, I'll try talking to them versus Usopp just from second one like bullshitting his fucking ass off and uh finding out they're all incredibly gullible yeah that mm-hmm. that is such a funny like plot device that this is the perfect audience for usopp's bullshit <laughs> oh god i i love their whole deal of, like yep. you must be bad people it's like no we're good he's like no that's what bad people say he's like no we're good oh Oh, they're good. Oh, okay, well, let them go. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was so worried you were bad. That sucked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I love a cute gag like that. Well, yeah, and at the very end, we get a call back to uh, Mont Black Nolan from Jaya and Skypea. Yeah. Who, because Usopp knows that guy's whole story, he very convincingly says, oh, yeah, I'm his great-great-grandson or whatever. And uh, at the very, very end of the, like, the last thing that happens in this chapter, all the Tontadas going, this is so great, now that the great hero Usaland is here, yeah, uh, we can finally do a revolution and free all of our friends from the toy fa- the candy factory or whatever, and kill ev- all the Doflamingo, and, and, and Usaland will lead us to victory, yeah. <laughs> and just the close-up on his face, look, <laughs> he's like, hmm, what's that? <laughs> Did I bite off more than I can chew again? I didn't think that that is the perfect audience for Usopp, like someone who's consistent, constantly lying about stuff and overplaying themselves or overhyping themselves. And then, like, if you just had people that believed everything you said, <laughs> that is yeah. the ultimate. I mean, that's like a that's a self fulfilling. What's that loop thing? That's feedback. That feedback yeah, loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cannot end well. <laughs> it's true because, like, for most people, like you figure out when somebody's a compulsive liar, and even if you're humoring them, you factor right them off. In. But if yeah. you believe every single thing that they say, oh man, then you have to keep up with the lies because, like, like that's exactly what's happening here. He just threw this off to get out of his bonds or whatever, and now they're fucking running with it. And it's like, oh, now it's my problem. My lie is now my problem, not their problem. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see how how that gets out of it. Or not. Yeah, I, I remember really liking the Usopp stuff in this arc, so we will definitely have to track that as it develops for mm-hmm. sure. Um, is there anything else that we want to touch on before we get into our rating and review? Just, yeah, I, I like that at the very end, we're, we're starting to actually tie some of these disparate elements together. Like, they're looking for the hidden factor where you find out it's the House of Toys. Um, I think we get a, a, a hint that this is connected to Tatan. Tan- t- 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 I can't talk today. Tantata? To the Tantatas. Tantata? Somehow, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it's still way too early on to see what exactly is going on with all this, but uh, it's a blast. I'm having a lot of fun. Cool. All right. Nice. Um, well, Patrick, give me your rating and review out of Seven Berry Kingdoms. Mm. Okay. Um, for a surprisingly short amount of chapters, I feel like I say this every week, this just has so much <laughs> shit going on. And now that I know that, uh, I kind of forgot that they had said that this is going to be a hundred chapter long arc. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that makes me feel like, oh God, like I have to remember all this um, and everybody we meet that could possibly show up. And also that this is going to be stretched out for like a, a single day is mind blowing. So <laughs> I kind of don't even know what context I, my context for reading is like, I don't even know what to do now. Well, just how, um, how was your time reading it? You know, you don't have to look forward too much. And like, yeah. are, are you excited? Does it, did it get you hype? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, these always do. Whenever I start reading, like, there's like, maybe like one chapter. I'm the beginning chapter. I'm like, okay, we're getting started. And then it does pull you in. And you get sucked in pretty fast. So it doesn't mm-hmm. take, but like a chapter for me to get going on here. So I feel like I'm just going to keep giving out. That's like, uh, I'm going to give out, um, I'm going to give out 5.8 berry kingdoms on this one. <laughs> 5.8 berry kingdoms. It's so it's specific. Very, it's very good. Yeah. Well, I have to, I think I need to chop them up because I can't just be giving sixes out like all willy nilly. Like, hey, it's, it's fine. It's good. It, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't good. One yeah. piece. I, it's I'm good. curious. I'm it's more good. curious about Doflamingo now. And, um, oh, and also the blind guy. I already forgot his name. Uh, Fuji- Fujitora. Fujitora. Yeah. Fujitora. Yeah. That guy yeah. seems super, super interesting. Like everyone was saying, like, who the fuck can just bring down a meteor flying you know and then he, he said it was a test he wasn't even gonna do anything he was mm-hmm. willing to like die almost it seemed like so i don't know that guy is insane so i just i mainly want to see what happens to them all right 5.8. uh as for myself um yeah i think i'm gonna go six out of seven um this i have fond memories of this arc to be honest it was um an arc that i read week to week as it was coming out <clears throat> And it's kind of amazing that for a 100 chapter long arc, we're 13 chapters in and it's pretty much all the table setting is done. Like we're, Mm. I mean, honestly, like the table setting was pretty much done like two chapters before the end of these chapters. Like we're, we're doing the damn thing now. Um, Dress Rosa, I think is a very interesting island that, I mean, (laughs) doflamingo is like a disease on this island Mm -hmm. and i love doflamingo as a villain i love dressrosa as a setting i man yeah i'm I'm just i'm excited to re-experience this so yeah six out of seven like easily i maybe we'll go higher as we go on but as far as a expositionary kind of like segment i think it's it's nailing it it's firing on all on uh, all cylinders so Uh, what about you matt Man, I uh, I really had a fun time with this, and I'm really excited to reading more. Uh, I think Dressrosa is a really cool setting. I I really enjoy how it is um, very clearly inspired by Mediterranean Europe, like especially Spain. Um, it, and it's it's got the you know Roman style amphitheater, like the Colosseum. Um, I think it's in- the toy thing is interesting. You know, there are all these century <laughs> toys walking around. Um, and then the Doflamingo family is interesting too, that this conflation of like the criminal element with the royal family, with the world government. Um, and there's just a lot we don't know. Um, you know, we got that hint from Virgo that, uh, the hearts, or no, maybe it wasn't Virgo, maybe it was Buffalo, but one of the Doflamingo people to law saying, uh, the heart seat is waiting for you. And then we see Doflamingo's inner circle and it's him and these, you know, these guys on these chairs, like playing card suites. So you've got like the club seat, the diamond seat, the heart seat, and the diamond seat. And if you oh, put yeah. that together, you're like, oh, he's telling Law that like, just come back and you'll be one of the top four lieutenants. That's the heart seat waiting for him. It's interesting. We don't know what happened yet. But anyway, th- th- I love a good tournament arc. There's just so much fun stuff getting set up. Um, none of the characters are, I think, acting excessively annoying to me right now. They're, some are getting some cool moments. Uh, I just enjoy seeing Robin in like a uh, Gulliver's Travels type situation. You don't get a lot of like horde of little people tying up a very large person in fiction very often. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't know. I'm giving it an A. I, I'm really excited for this. I remember some things about the end of this arc, not necessarily thinking there would I would have done. So I'm, I'm interested to see how reread goes. But right now this is super strong start, I think. All right. Well, I think we uh, <laughs> stitched that up pretty well, much mm-hmm. like a little fairy I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Uh, Patrick, is there like maybe another podcast that you would like people to listen to? I don't think so. I think this is the only podcast that exists uh, in the entire universe, actually. But if there was one, I bet it's called uh, Good Weird Great. That's a good and weird, great name, I think. 
Yeah, it's a pretty decent podcast, in my opinion. It's a pretty choice. Uh, and also, if you wanted to follow me on TikTok, you could do that at Red Like China. You can email the podcast at devilfruitpunch at gmail.com or follow the show on TikTok. Haven't been uploading recently, but I'm going to get back into it, I promise. And until next time, ahoy. Ahoy. Ahoy.